Hey, so hi everyone. I'm Stacy. I'm Ashley. And you're listening to Soul Struggles Podcast. So, it's the holidays. Ooh. We are recording this early. So, it is currently December 13th. Hopefully, this goes up at either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. It currently is also the third. It's going to be the fourth night of Hanukkah tonight in Korea. Because it started on Thursday. So, happy Ooh. Hanukkah. To anyone Happy Hanukkah. Celebrates it. So, Stacy, so what's celebrating holidays like in Korea? Because it's not like back home. Definitely not like back home. I guess something we were talking about before we started recording. Korea is very interesting and uses two calendars. They use the Georgian calendar, which is used in Western countries, and they also use the lunar calendar. So they celebrate New Year's two times. They celebrate it on the 31st of December slash January 1st, like other people around the world. But then they also celebrate the Lunar New Year, which happens in like February, January, February, depending on the year. And there are also other Korean holidays like Chuseok, which happen based on the lunar calendar rather than the Georgian calendar. Yeah, Chuseok is their harvest festival. So like thanksgiving in north america or any solstice celebrations in europe it is their end of summer beginning of winter festival chuseok is generally um here in korea you celebrate the recent harvest and then you also pay respects uh to your ancestors so during that time when there's no pandemic koreans will travel back to their natal villages to pay respects clean ancestral tombs and what are they called? Yeah, I guess tombstones. Burial mounds? That is it. Yeah, they have. So in Korea, you'll be driving along the countryside and you will see hills. And on the hills, we'll have these like, they look a little monolithic. They're like a one giant piece of usually black marble. And they have the person's family name inscribed on it, I believe. And there's a little mound next to it. And that's where the family is buried. It's a family burial plot. So you go to your hometown, you'll clean that, and you'll pay your respects. Your mom will also cook for you and force you to eat everything. And in the family house, or I think outside the house, it depends on how big the family house is, they will have kind of like shrine set up that has the plaques of different generations set up usually at least one or two. could be more, but it just depends on the wealth of the family, if they're able to provide enough food for that type of celebration. So they do that at Chuseok, and every year that changes. Some years it's really long. Other times it's really short. Uh, sometimes it's in, like, September, usually. Yeah, this year. Encouraged people to have Zoom Chuseok with their family. My understanding of Chuseok only comes from my coworkers because I don't have a lot of young Korean friends. So it's usually like middle-aged women who hate it because their husband is the oldest, which means their family is going to their house or they're going to their in-laws house and they are expected to clean and cook for four days straight. And they are always not that impressed by it. They're like, nah, I just do it. I'm like, oh. Okay. I learned to never ask if you're excited for Chuseok because the answer is always no. And I'm like, okay. Yay, family. Yep. Like so you Western always- holidays. 
you're subjected to your family. Yeah. Also with Chuseok, as Ashley mentioned, the women generally cook and clean and the men are the ones that take uh, part in the ceremony, paying respects to the family members and the ancestors by doing bows and like a big ceremony thing. And if you're the oldest in oldest male in your family, it is your responsibility to do it. And then it moves to the like oldest son, the next generation. It's very patriarchal. There's very few matriarchal celebrations in Korea. Yep. So quickly, what do you do as a foreigner during Chuseok normally? Because it's not for us. Like we don't, it's 100% I go home to my hometown with my family. If you are dating someone who is Korean, you may go with them, especially if you've met the family before, partake in that. Or if you're married to them, you will go and partake in that. But if you're a single Pringle like us, basically you stay home because during Chuseok and the other like major tradition, Lunar New Year's, nothing's open really. No, everyone will close. So there might be a couple cafes open, especially in major cities. Yeah. They'll be a bit more open, but most stores are closed. So there's really nothing to do. Um, and it's really hard to travel. Yeah, I think last year I went to a club in Seoul and that was miserable. This year, pandemic, I slept. It is a really good time, though, to sit and wait for deals because the day after Chuseok or like the week coming, or so like the day before and the days after, all of the food gift sets go on sale. So if you want spam, like name brand spam, this is the moment to wait and buy the pack when it's like 50% off. So it's no longer a $100 gift pack of spam. You can finally get it for 50. Spam is a luxury food here. Like name yes. brand spam. It's kind of shocking to see when, you know, you go to stores and for Chuseok and like, I think even Lunar New Year's, they'll have gift sets out because you can, you know, yeah. you want to bring a gift set to your family gathering, but it's spam. And like in Canada, spam is something that like, yes, people eat it. My grandpa used to eat it, but it's not seen as like, it's not a, a hip trendy food. food. Yeah, it's not a luxury good because it's meat in a can. Spam is the avocados of Korea. Honestly, shouldn't be a luxury food, but magically is. And you pay through the nose. Yeah, but it's always shocking to see those gift sets out because it's not what yeah. you'd expect. Like fruit is understandable because that ends up on like the ritual tables. And each fruit has like a specific like presentation style. Like you cut off part of the top so it's open and like the fruit is expensive it's usually like really high quality special fruit but yeah i'm too poor for that i think walnuts are also around that time are a huge deal i sometimes see them on gift sets it's also strange because most korean holidays are celebrated by giving people money like most major life events in korea you don't give gifts you give money so for parents day so mother's day father's day and children's day they give money and Korean parents when they're like, oh, how much money did you give your parent? And I'm like, oh, I gave them a gift. They're always like, mm, money's better. Yeah. So even for the Lunar New Year's, children will do the, it's called like uh, sebe, which is a really formal bow. It's the New Year bow to older like family members. So the elders, older neighbors in order to receive money. So money is the best gift you can give it's always funny because like i last year i taught middle and high school 
So my high schoolers were super stoked to go and beg for money from their older family members, but they were approaching the too old age to pass that off. And my middle schoolers were like, that's a baby thing. I had to be like, listen, go do it. Take that money. You've earned it. (laughs) They're like, it's for small children. I'm like, in a year, you're going to regret that. Money's money. Money's money. And your grandparents seem happy to give it to you because they love you. You performed a special bow. You showed your respect. You also probably were in a home book and looked adorable. It goes a long way with family. If you look cute, your family's like, here's all the money. Yeah. Yeah, Chuseok, Solau, they're the two major holidays that are celebrated based on the lunar new year, or like the lunar calendar, I should say. Also, birthdays tend to be celebrated based on the lunar calendar as well. So I have Korean friends or Koreans that I've met who, even though they will be born on, say, like April 16th, to them, that is not their birthday because they follow the lunar calendar birthday which changes every day or every year i should say not every day confusing yeah there's like korean age and international age and i just give it now i say my birth year and my age because i've given up i'm like 1992 28 but most people if they ask you like how old are you you can just tell them like oh i'm this year i'm born in this year because they will just know roughly instead of trying to be like i'm 24 international age 25 or 26 korean age i personally think koreans ask it and then laugh a little bit when every foreigner looks slightly confused because we're like uh this is my korean birthday but this is my international birthday i'm like nah this is my birthday unfortunately it just ages me in korea so yeah like here's the year i was born in am i older or younger than you are we magically the same age can we be friends no okay i will try to awkwardly remember to call you unni or opa and cringe and die on the inside each time weirds me out a little bit with females it's not so bad but that opa it's that mixed with like the this is my junior like people will introduce you to their friend from university who's younger than them and they'll be like they're my junior they'll work together they will have graduated the same university gone into a job together but the person will oh, who is older will always be higher ranked than them so they're like they're my junior like they're talking about a child and i'm like you're yep. so you were friends in university and they're like yes I'm like, then you just say, this is my friend from university or college. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So it's just unique to Korea with the social hierarchy and basically ranking people. Like if you're born in the same year, you can be friends. If they're one yeah. year older, Onni, Opa, Nuna, Hyung, they're younger, Dongseng, Hube. And if they're your Hube, they can call you like Sombe. I never know what to do with that. I'm, I'm Onni. To most people, like, I work with predominantly people in their 20s and 30s, and I'm still magically older than some people. So they're like, you're, she's your unni. I'm like, okay. They're like, but you're my unni. And I'm like, okay. But I find when, especially men are like, Nuna, it's an insult. Somehow it's always an insult to me. I'm like, oh, small child? Mm, No, (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm just like, just call me by my name, please. We're not related. Don't call me sister or older sister, younger sister. Yeah. I barely know you. Usually for me, Anni is not too bad to say. It's just that Opa. Because now it's like in K-dramas, uh, girls saying to their boyfriend, 
Oppa. Oppa. And I'm oh, like, this is K-pop. too romantic for me. K-pop's dance have also ruined it. Same with Nuna. I think that's my issue is like, especially female K-pop stands of female groups, not realizing that you would call them unni, but Nuna is what men will call them if they're older. So they'll be like, my Nunas did this. I'm like, no, you're a girl addressing them as if you were a boy. I'm very weirded out by it. <laughs> yeah. Same with Opa. Opa creeps me out a little bit because it's, ah, oh God, it just is a subtle reminder of the age difference between k-pop idols and their fans normally in a really creepy manner well also some k-pop fans they're older than their like bias or whatever and they're still calling them open it's like that doesn't work that way you're also not like usually when you use these terms on the nuna hyung oppa you're close to the person yep you have kind of like that social relationship where you are close it's not I don't actually know this person, but I really like their singing, so I'm going to call them Opa because they're older than me or whatever. That's not how it works. Well, it's like, so when you work really closely with someone in North America, you get the nickname like work husband, work wife, or you get your like good friends. You'll be like, they're like a sibling to me. They're like my brother, my sister. But it's when you apply that to a famous actor or singer, if I was like, Ed Sheeran's my older brother, because that's what it translates to. It's weird if you just start calling him older brother. Yeah, it's like you don't have that actual relationship with them. Like you don't know them as a person. You just know them as a singer that is globally famous that you like. Speaking of relationships, it's probably a good time to transition to Christmas. So Korea celebrates multiple religions, but Christianity took root here very strongly in parts. Yeah. So in 1945, the ruling U.S. government designated Christmas a national holiday here in Korea or in South Korea. And in 1949, South Korea's first president, who was Christian, also designated it a national holiday. And at that time, like Christianity was not as big as it is now. Nowadays, Christianity is like a huge, like a lot of the population is Christian. Um, not the whole population. There are people who are Buddhist. As Ashley mentioned, they do celebrate other religions. There's also shamanism here in Korea, even though it's not as popular these days. But Christianity has taken hold. Christmas, which has Christian roots, is a big holiday here. And it is a national holiday. So people get the day off different compared to other Asian countries. But unlike the traditional Korean holidays, you don't travel to your natal village to celebrate it. It's not a family holiday for the most part. I think some people will go to like church for like mass and stuff if they are Christian, but it's more of a couple holiday. Yeah. It's like Valentine's Day. You go on dates. Like most people will have a Christmas date. Do something adorable for Instagram together. Yeah, there's a term and it's like a date with Santa on Christmas. They do the fried chicken thing too, right? You get like takeout normally. It doesn't have to specifically be KFC, but I think they still eat fried chicken on Christmas. Thanks, marketing. (laughs) Possible. Also, many Koreans are starting to actually decorate their apartments for Christmas. So getting a tree. When I was in exchange, it was really hard to find Christmas trees for your apartment. They would sell out really fast. 
but it's becoming like you'll see on Instagram like lots of Koreans are posting about their Christmas tree um, and their Christmas decorations or the decorations that are around the city. So even if someone can't put up decorations in their house or their apartment because it's too small, like at the malls, big department stores, large churches, they will decorate for Christmas. So you can see Christmas trees and other decorations. And I think also giving gifts is becoming more popular. But it's, again, like with the other Korean holidays, money is the most common gift. But I think families with young children might be giving the kids like toys or something. Because I've seen some parents with like toys that they've bought and wrapping paper. So I'm like, oh, are they doing Christmas presents? I think too, a lot of it, like the catch not catch on but like the way that in recent years the western style of celebrating christmas has started to take root has a lot to do with the expat community specifically epic teachers and hagwon teachers because it's a filler lesson so the korean school year starts in march and it's usually winding down in like december to january you're ending your school year So you need something to fill the time. And a lot of times you do cultural lessons. And the easiest one to do around this time of the year is Christmas. So you're teaching an entire generation of kids who would have started, like actually would have started off as like the early generation of ESL in the school system have graduated and now have kids. So that idea of like, Everyone gets a present. We have this huge celebration. We have a Christmas tree, which are really beautiful objects. And a lot of my students are always like, it looks so nice. They're now able to decide if they want to celebrate it themselves because they're adults and they have money and kids. And so it's starting to take hold that way, I think. Yeah. And I think also the fact that like if you're married and you have kids, you're not really going to go on a date. Yeah. You might do something as a family outing, but it's going to become more centralized about your family on that day, like spending time with your family. Um, so then also when you see Christmas movies as well. Yeah. That K-dramas or old ones. I've started to incorporate them. Yeah. There's always like a weird thing around Christmas where you're like, I don't know what's happening, but everyone has a Paris baguette Christmas cake. Yeah. But it's just like projecting this like image of like a Western style, like Christmas celebration here and I think some people find that interesting and they want to like partake in that yeah it genuinely looks pretty most of my friends of different religions will comment the Christmas tree is beautiful and they like the lights and I always tell them the Christmas tree traditionally was a way you would bring a piece of pine normally into your house to protect it for the winter so that in the spring the greens would grow again. It was a old pagan belief in Europe. And then Christianity, the original cultural appropriators took it. So I'm like, you can do whatever you want. You can have a Hanukkah tree. You can just be like, I like the lights. No one's gonna judge you. So I think that idea too, of like, you can take it away from the religious aspect has kind of also taken on. Yeah. Well, it's like, even for myself, like, I love Christmas. I'm not a huge holiday person. I could care less about Valentine's Day. I'm born on St. Patrick's Day. Could care less about it. Could care less about Halloween. But like Christmas is my shit. I love it. But like I'm not religious, so I don't celebrate the religious aspect. But like I have a Christmas tree. I got Christmas lights. I like 
gift giving, having a meal, but like it's not religious to me. For me, I so a little bit of Ashley's work history background. I have been essentially employed and earning money since I was 14. When I was like 17, 18, I went into customer service. So I spent 10 years in customer service and nothing kills your love of Christmas. And I wasn't like the biggest Christmas fan. Like I, I like lights. I think they're pretty. I would go to church. I grew up Catholic. So like I would go to church, open presents, enjoy lights, eat a ton of food with my family. Then customer service happened and being told a thousand times a day, all day for eight plus hours while a horrific track of the same Christmas music plays over and over again, that you're a a blank and a blank, and you've ruined my child's Christmas. How do you live with yourself? You should go F off. You're C, everything. Like anything you can imagine, I have been screamed at about while being overworked. Most of my breaks would be cut around that time. My bosses would be angry and stressed, and I would always work Christmas Eve which was miserable every year. So coming to Korea for me actually has got my slight Christmas spirit back. Like I decorated my apartment. I got lights. I have a small tree. I made handmade decorations for my classroom, but not being in the hardcore consumerist North American Christmas has been really good for me. The downside is not being with my family because my mom is the Christmas spirit in my household. Yeah, it's definitely hard this year, especially because we can't go home. I think we talked about that in what would have been the last episode. Yeah, it'll be over a year, probably about close to two years before we get to see our family again. And we wouldn't go home for Christmas anyway. We don't get enough of a break, but it's just, it's hard. And our families are on a completely different schedule than us. So like time-wise, like Zoom Christmas is going to be either at 9 p.m. my time, 9 a.m. their time, or who even knows? Because I only get Christmas Day off and then the weekend this year. Yeah, like Christmas, there's only one day of break here. As we mentioned, the school year is wrapping up right now. So they don't have like in Canada, we get like two weeks off around Christmas. They don't have that here because their school year is almost over. So they'll have their longer break in January, February. For New Year's. Yeah, normally they get it for New Year's so they can travel home. Um, It's also hard to get food, like certain Christmas foods in Korea. It's a nightmare. (laughs) Turkeys don't exist. Well, turkeys exist, but they're usually on like the army bases. And you have to know who can get it for you. They're also stupidly expensive. So just animal-wise, turkeys as a breed do not exist in Asia. And so I always have to teach my students what a turkey is. And they're like, so it's a chicken. And I'm like, yeah, but it's quadruple the size and can arguably take on a car. And they're like, I'm like, turkeys are mean and they're scary. I don't like turkeys. Like running away from a chicken is bad. Getting chased by a turkey is a bit of a nightmare. Yep. I have turkey issues, apparently. Yeah, so it's like your options are a small chicken. Chickens are small here. This year, for we were going to do Friends Christmas. We don't know Christmas. what's going to happen. Um, but I'm making a Christmas lasagna because that's an import. And I found all the ingredients. But things like eggnog. I make my own eggnog because you cannot get the ingredient. Like you cannot buy it pre-made. 
and finding cream is a nightmare. Yeah. I will have to go hunt it down and hope for the best. And you can't get spiced rum. You can get regular rum, but not spiced rum. And even finding regular rum can be slightly hard. It's only white rum. They only really sell white rum here. And they don't sell dark rum. Did you? That's fascinating. But it was like one option of it in the five rum bottle. Korea really likes single malt whiskey, but I'm not going to put that in eggnog. Not at like $30 for a small bottle of Jameson. I'm not. Yeah. Lots of whiskey. Bourbon. Weird. Gin. Wine. Yeah. Oh, so much wine. I'm making mulled wine. It's the only time I like wine. Wine time. But even like getting ingredients to make gingerbread, like molasses, I had to import. Yeah. I'm planning on making cookies. I'm not a baker. The most I can do is like cookies. And even that I need like I need a recipe. I need to follow it exactly or it's going to be a mess. So I'm going to make cookies for myself. Also, for listeners at home, ovens are not really a thing in Korea. So how big is your oven currently, Stacy? How many centimeters or inches do you think a pan will fit in there? I have a circle pan. And it's how many inches or centimeters? Uh, it's over nine inches. It's a big okay. thing. I don't know how, because my oven, in quotation marks, is a magic oven. Yeah. It's a microwave, air fryer oven, like convection oven, a dehydrator, so all in mine one. is about 10 inches by six. It's a 10 by six. So if I was to make cookies, 12, like a dozen cookies would arguably take me four to five times longer than in North America because I'd have to put them on the pan and then they'd have to cook and then I'd have to take them out. And then, cause I only have one rack as well in my toaster oven. So it's, it takes a while to bake anything here. If you're going to try to make something that requires a certain amount of space. Yeah. Adds the struggle of the holiday spirit when you're like, I am at my 17th co- round of cookies. I just bought it chocolate chip. So today we had like the first snowfall in Seoul and I know there's a couple other like English teachers today who are like baking up a storm so they've made like gingerbread cookies, mint peppermint swirl cookies, they're gonna make snickerdoodles, regular shortbread, chocolate chip cookies, like they're just they're just baking and they're like I can only bake six cookies at one time. Not like I, six dozen cookies. I'm probably gonna after this. I have like rotting bananas, so I'm gonna make me some banana bread, and then I'm gonna make gingerbread, like the loaf, not the cookie. Amazing with coffee and tea this time of the year, and I might make shortbread because I don't have to put them individually on the pan. But it's probably just gonna be me eating it. Yeah, which I think I'm probably gonna make shortbread cookies chocolate chip cookies and basically just keep the dough in the freezer yeah because it's just me might also make coconut macaroons because i have coconut now i actually might do something similar my mom calls them quick drops delicious like haystacks kind of yeah but they're with coconut just chocolate and coconut not bad you want some coconut i have see here's the funny thing about stacy and i's baking which is when I moved to Seoul, I had boxes of baking material with I brought to Seoul with me because I had bought it last year and it was expensive. Stacy knew the amount of ingredients I had and had been struggling to get through and then immediately went on to buy the exact same amount for herself instead of splitting my 
three kilograms of powdered sugar with me. Well, now we both have three <laughs> kilograms of powdered sugar, and we're going to figure out everything that needs a glaze. <laughs> and this is how we gain weight over the Christmas season by ourselves. Basically, like I told you, is it really Christmas if you don't roll away from the table? Slightly confused and horrified by what just took place? No, it's not. What's some other, like, holiday weirdness you've noticed? One for me that always kind of weirds me out is White Day. Oh, yes. So here in Korea, Valentine's Day is still celebrated on February 14th. But in Korea, the girls give chocolate and gifts to their, like, boyfriend or their significant other. And then on March 14th, which is White Day, the man or the significant other returns the favor and gives chocolate or gifts to their girlfriend or partner as like a sign of affection. So Valentine's Day, girl gives gifts to boy. March 14th, boy gives gifts to girl. I also find probably the most adorable thing in Korea is Halloween because Halloween is a North American holiday. It's not really celebrated outside of, I think, Ireland and North America. That's it, traditionally. Now it's kind of spread. And uh, in the past probably five years, it has taken root in Korea with like 20-somethings. been more than five years, but it's just the last five years, it's blown up even more so. Like, insanely so. Especially certain neighborhoods that have like nightclub districts will have huge Halloween promotions and they will run for like a month, two weeks before, two weeks after. And just like yeah, 20-somethings in costume, just having the time of their life. Yeah, Hongdae, Sintan, and Itaewon are really known for big Halloween parties, at least here in Seoul. Dressing up has also taken root in like elementary schools as well. So even last year, saw a couple of my elementary school kids, they dressed up for Halloween haven't seen my middle school students really for Halloween this year. But like students are starting to dress up more as well. But it's more so like, let me dress up for the day rather than go trick or treating. Though many students do know what trick or treating is, or at least know to say trick or treating for candy. Again, that goes back to their years of English education because it's an easy holiday to teach kids you're like okay now in english say trick or treat and i give you candy and my kids like okay trick or treat thank you yeah this year was interesting because of the pandemic in order to stop mass spread the police started raiding nightclubs and neighborhoods on Halloween, like burst in and was like, everyone get out. Though it was interesting because a lot of foreigners were like, whatever, it's Halloween. Like, I don't need to go out and dress up. It's fine. But a lot of Koreans were like, listen, this is the only time of the year I get to wear a costume. Let me have this. So it was a lot more like Koreans going out and breaking curfew during that time than foreigners. Because for us, it was like, nah, it's one day, whatever. There's a lot of heartbreak this year. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Korea... In other countries are starting to adopt these Western holidays, but the celebration or the way that they are done and held is so different here. And like it's like over time, they're slowly taking on the meaning of like or the celebration style of the other countries, but like not to the full yeah. extent. In anthropology, we talk a lot about this. So nothing exists by like in culture by itself, like in isolation. Everything is constantly being influenced by other things. So 
when you get a holiday and on mass in culture, you decide to adopt it, it will change to suit what you already have. So it gets changed and influenced by you. It's just how it works. So it's kind of awesome to see, though, as like a foreigner, be like, oh, man, I have did not interpret it that way. This is crazy. Yeah. And also, too, just seeing some of the holidays that you're like, that would never happen here. And then it's like, oh, nope, they're celebrating St. Patrick's Day. They got green beer as well here. Uh, that one's funny. I like I would like to say one thing, though. If you are really any other religious groups than like Christian, Buddhist, shamanists, I think Confucianists is also some things are upheld. But if you are Jewish, there are very few synagogues, if really any but one. And there is not a whole lot of understanding about what your holidays are. If you're Hindu, kind of similar. Ramadan and like being Muslim, like Islamic holidays are also not observed besides a very small group of people. You can find people and like in small pockets, but it's not being adopted en masse. There is a strong expat community of followers of Islam. So you can talk to people, meet up. Ramadan is hard. Ramadan is always hard if you're outside of the Middle East. And like my thoughts are with you on that one because no schedule change. It's actually really hard to get food that is halal and you're everyone's eating, which sucks sometimes. In the case of Judaism, I do know people who have been met by, I'm going to call them what they are. They're Christian fundamentalist cults. So secret, if anyone ever wants to know. Christian extremists are some of the most intense things everywhere. It's a huge problem, but it tends to fly under the radar a lot. And we try to, we tend to call it by different things. So I've met people who have also been met with some pretty intense animosity and anger over the fact that they were Jewish under the belief that, they're the ones who killed Jesus. So just be a little, I don't want to use the word weary, but understand that they're probably in a cult. It has nothing to do with you. And I'm very sorry when those things happen to you because it is uncomfortable at best, really hurtful at worst, slightly dangerous also at worst. Yeah. The younger generation here in Korea, they seem to be more open and accepting. Older generation, not always. And if they have joined kind of like these cult situations doesn't matter which age, they can be a tough crowd to deal with. And it's even worse when religion is involved. I'll give some advice. If you are encountering a pretty extremist Christian cult, if somebody is getting very agitated at you or saying really horrific things, because they will, they will, it's usually you're going to hell and seems a little threatening. Just kind of be like, I understand that's my, still my belief, but also it is a sin in Christianity to speak for God, because that makes you a false prophet. And above all else, it is the largest sin in Christianity. You can kill somebody, and it won't be as bad as being a false prophet. So if you kind of just slip that in in the conversation, their eyes get really big, and then they run away. That's been my experience. Go repent. Yeah, just be like, oh no, I didn't know you were a prophet, and then walk away. Yeah. It's everywhere in the world. Old people, young people, ignorant people are a problem. Definitely. I guess, though, we should wrap this up on a happy note. We hope your Christmas is great. We hope that the rest of your Hanukkah, if you, or I guess when this episode goes up, Hanukkah will be over. Yes. So I hope for those of you that celebrate Hanukkah, 
that you had an amazing holiday, an amazing Hanukkah. A joyous Kwanzaa as well. That follows Christmas immediately. And, and to everyone else, enjoy your break. Especially if you're in Korea, enjoy your day off. Get some sleep. And also, Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. 2021 is going to be better. Hey, if it's not a dumpster fire, did it even happen? On that note, I think we're off. Uh, remember to follow us at anchor.fm slash shoals struggles thank you to anchor for hosting our podcast okay okay so thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next time bye bye